And I think you, you, you start to create those data silos. When you don't have a plan in place and you just start to buy technology for technology's sake, then what you're doing is you're just creating data silos within the company and it could end up becoming cumbersome. But if you have a plan to get everybody on the same page and pulled together, then, and obviously the correct partners, then you know I think you're gonna have a lot more success long-term. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Jason Saunders. He's an experienced owner with a demonstrated history of pursuing construction technology and trying to help more contractors create efficiency using technology. He's a solutions engineer at eSub Construction Software. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So I would love to hear how you got into the construction industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So after, uh, after, I, after I graduated college, I, I took a position with a building materials manufacturer in the roofing space, and I was managing a territory for them, working with uh, contractors, distribution houses, uh, architects. And from there, you know, I learned a lot about the pre-con side of things, um, the actual construction side of things. And as I was going through that, you know, I, I, I learned tons about how these companies were operating and what technologies they were using. And after that, I, you know, I really just wanted to, to move into to having my own shop and, and running it and seeing what I can do to kind of create some of those operational efficiencies and, and just work with, the, work with the industry as a whole. Yeah. So owning your own company then, what did you learn from it that maybe made you look at the industry differently? Yeah. So what that did is it, it showed me really how hard, um, I'll, I'll, you know, everyone in this industry is really working. There's so many long days and, and things to, to keep track of that it, it just taught me that how important it is to have systems and processes in place to be able to run efficiently so that when people are out sick or people are out on vacation, things like that, that you're able to kind of plug and pull things and, and create those efficiencies moving forward so that it's, it's a sustainable system. And that's the, the, probably the biggest thing that I, I took away from it and finding out what I needed to do to get things done. And you can't do it all yourself. Mm. How well do you think the, the trades are handling that efficiency aspect currently? You know, I, I think there's a lot of companies that are doing a really, really good job of it. And I think there's a lot of companies out there as well that they're, you know, they're still doing a good job of it. But what, what's also happening is they're, they're working a little bit harder and doing a lot of, of, of duplicate work because they're working with multiple mm -hmm. different things and kind of sort of creating these data silos and finding ways to streamline that, I think is something that's really, really important and getting everyone within the organization to communicate with each other. So, you know, one of the biggest things I like to touch on from an operational efficiency standpoint is just getting on the same page because there's so many areas of the company that are operating that don't know what's happening uh, from over here to over there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's so easy to kind of form those silos uh, and just get caught up in what you're doing that it's, it's, it's very easy to not even think about the, the other departments and, and groups of what they're doing. C correct. And then, and then you just start to create those miscommunications and that's when those mistakes are going to start to happen. And it's not an easy fix. You know, it's something that, that takes a lot of time and effort to put into, to create those, um, those solutions. And it, it sort of creates, you need the whole company to be able to come together and get on the same page to be able to do that. And if one person in one group is, is trying to do that and 
you know, everywhere else is not, then you're, you're not going to create that consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's back up a, a minute. What does operational efficiency, what does that really look like in, in practice? And then why should the trades really care about it? Yeah, and I, I think that's really important for the trades to care about. Again, to the same point that I just mentioned is, is getting on that same page with everybody. And what you know, what we're seeing a lot right now from a trade standpoint and why that's important is you know that there's there's labor shortages going on. There's a lot of older project managers that uh, you know, men and women, and then we have the the younger project managers that are coming up to speed. And, and those younger PMs are coming in and wanting technology to be able to run more efficiently. And some of the, the older PMs that we have are, you know, they've been set in their ways. They've been doing it for 30 years and there's nothing wrong with that. They've been, you know, it's been working for them, but how do we get them to operate together? So let's mm -hmm. just say we have our, our older project managers that have all this tribal knowledge. That's great for learning and growing the company. And then we have our younger PMs that are, are better with operating with some of that software. And, you know, how do we, how do we coordinate that and get those to work together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that communication piece is, is huge there and you know having that clarity uh what are what does it look like like how do you pull those different groups that are approaching it in different ways different mentalities how do you pull them together to provide that clarity that everybody yeah. buys in with so what you know what i had a lot of success with is, is creating simplicity so you need to make it so that it's easy enough so that the the use of technology is actually benefiting you technology for technology's sake is not something that's going to create efficiencies within the company. You know, we need to be able to make it easy enough so that everybody can do it. And then you're actually creating good data through that. Yeah. What are some of those, um, an area that's been really kind of interesting to me is what's in, what are some of those foundational building blocks that you need for that successful tech implementation? And, you know, to your point, you said technology for technology's sake isn't going to do anything, which I, I totally agree. What are some of those kind of uh, entry level steps and, and baby steps that you need to have in place and, and kind of master that before you start really looking at the technology? Yeah, I think that's great. And I think I think putting together a plan of what the, what technology you actually need is something that's the, the most important part. So this is the technology we need and this is why we need it. And then having a plan to implement that into the team so that you can get the buy-in. Because if there's not buy-in from everybody, you're not gonna get that data back to the office to make it actually usable. So one of the things that I always tried to focus on was creating a process and a plan so that when I went to buy that technology and then I went to implement it, I already had it laid out to what I was hoping it would look like because fires are gonna happen. This is, it's construction, there's fires every day and things are going to change. So what I need is I need to be able to execute a plan and things are going to change along the way. And I need to be able to be flexible from there. Yeah. That agility is a key component for sure. Uh, what about those people that are, they may want to embrace technology and, and, uh, you know, figure out what's going to really work for them, but they're just totally overwhelmed with all the options out there. Mm -hmm. How do they, how do they kind of get over that sense of, of overwhelmingness of like, I don't even know where to go. There's, you know, a hundred new contact applications coming on yeah. seemingly every week. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's finding the right partners and, you know, some things are going to not being afraid to try, I think is part of that as well. And sitting there and being stagnant can be a problem. 
Because if you just overanalyze the whole situation and say, well, I'll just wait and I'll keep, keep fine tuning what I want this to look like. I don't, you know, I found ended up making things more difficult for me versus when I just said, okay, here's what I'm laying out. This is what I'm going to do. And now I needed to select the right partner. Who's going to be there to help me through this process is, and is this going to be a situation where I sign up for something and then I, I don't have the support I need. So I, I think when I went through and vetted things, that was the most important component of this was who is really going to be there to make sure that I get this implemented and uh, off the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's huge because the software for the software sake, if you don't know really how to, to leverage it and you're not leaning on your, your partners, then you're really kind of handicapped there. You, you right. you're at a big disadvantage. And and I think you, you, you start to create those data silos. When you don't have a plan in place and you just start to buy technology for technology's sake, then what you're doing is you're just creating data silos within the company and it could end up becoming cumbersome. But if you have a plan to get everybody on the same page and pulled together, then, and obviously the correct partners, then you know, I think you're gonna have a lot more success long-term. Yeah. Uh, it, what's the difference between you know, getting a, a ton of data and having information to be able to use as well? Yeah, no, Todd, I think that's a great question. So they're very different things, but they're also, a, a, you know, a little bit the same at the, in the same breath. So information, mm -hmm. I think, is just, this is what we need to, to cover our backs if something comes up down the road. But are you going to be able to take that information and create actionable steps to improve process? Or are you just collecting information for information's sake? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be collecting it. You know, you should always be out there collecting your daily reports because you want to have that information. But the difference there is data is being able to take that and then apply it to being better at what your process, your what whatever process you're trying to improve. So if you're just out there collecting forms and then you're stuffing them in a file cabinet or you're putting them on your server, that's excellent to have in case something comes up long-term. But when you're able to actually create easy to use applications for the team to collect that good data for you so that you can actually apply it to improving. I think that's a completely different thing. And I, I think that's really important because when I first started, we did all the right things. We collected the information we needed, but then we realized that we just had information and to create the data out of it, I was going to have to take that, put it into something else to actually run some reporting and figure out what's actually happening out there. Not just what my gut's telling me. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, so this is kind of a, a little soapbox for me, <laughs> this topic of, of why is the industry not leveraging their data more? Because construction, there's so much data that is being collected on these projects, but then it seems like it's just like goes into this vault that, that nobody really goes back and figures out how to, well, how to mine it properly and then how to leverage that to get better on the next project and get more efficient. There's, there's a lot of answers in that data that people don't seem to be combing through. 
why do you think that there's been this uh, reluctancy to, to go through the data? You know, I, I think that it's, I, I, you know, and I, and I don't know if it's a reluctancy to go through the data or if it's a, uh, there, you know, maybe the, the plan that was in place to, to utilize that data hasn't been enforced. So you're still collecting because, mm. you know, this is something every, everyone's been collecting this data for, for a while now, but, sure. you know, how do we actually take that and, and make it effective? You know, is it a situation where we take it and we dump it into a Tableau or a Power BI and actually start to run some of this reporting? Or maybe it's mm -hmm. a situation where we need to start looking into some softwares that actually are, are going to be able to, to run the, these efficient reports for us and create those efficiencies because it, it does take time to run through the data and figure out what it actually means. And I think sometimes that step gets missed. It's collected and this is what we want, but we have to do that middle piece and actually run that reporting and figure out what it is. And I think some of the automation of that with a lot of the softwares that are coming out and the ones that are currently available are, are able to do, but it's, it's, it's finding the right partner. Yeah. You know, I think that that enforcement piece that you just mentioned there is that's huge. And I, I like the way you, you phrased it as well uh, in that it, you can have the plan, you can collect all the data, but if there's not the kind of the oversight to make sure it's, it's actually getting done and, um, you know, being utilized, it, it's very easy to just put it on the back burner and not really think about it. And that's where that automation piece is going to be huge. I, I agree. And it's, it's a long-term outlook. So what, what you see is if you, if you're, there's so many fires coming up within every single project that you're working on that you just keep kicking the can down the road and saying, okay, well, we'll mm -hmm. get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. At some point, you know, you need to have to enforce and put that plan in place and say, all right, you know what, we're going to put a, a focus on this right now. And then we're going to work on being able to actually apply it as we continue to move forward. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the, the hurdles that you think that the trades and construction in, in general are kind of up against when it comes to harnessing this, this data? So, you know, I, I think some of the, some of the things are, is actual good, you know, I'll use the old old adage of good data in is is good data out, and uh -huh. we're we're still getting a lot of bad data in. So part of that I think is ease of use, and if we can't make this easier and faster for the field to capture the info, then we're going to start to miss little components of that data because some of the things that are really pertinent to the success of the future of utilizing this data isn't going to be used. So that if the data is bad, then we're not gonna spend that focus that we need on it to actually create that improvement. So from a software standpoint, you know, I, I think it, ease of use is one of the most important things that I used to look for going through a software was, all right, how can I get my guys in the field to actually capture the, this for me so that I can go through and actually apply it? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's a component there with getting the, the guys in the field to adopt it that they just aren't bought into the, the vision of why the data is useful. They don't necessarily see how it relates to them. So if you, if you cast that vision and make it relatable, that would bring more yeah. buy-in to them. Absolutely, Todd. So back to my original point of getting on the same page, I think sometimes what happens when, when software is being bought is it's being bought from a, a managerial level with a vision, mm -hmm. but that wasn't communicated to the field. And how is that going to help the field? Right. So if the field right. doesn't see how it's going to improve their day to day and make their life easier, all they see it as is 
another way for them to either be monitored or for them to go in and have to do extra work. And that's not necessarily the case sure. because there's a lot of softwares out there that are actually making things easier, but that message has not been relayed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point because and to adapt your, the message of your vision to the different audiences that you're talking to. So you, the managerial vision, that's, that's a great thing. They should for sure have that of how they want to use it. But right. then how that gets applied to those different groups, whether it's in the office and the designers or it's out into the, the field, that message changes and it needs to change for how they're going to be actually day-to-day -day handling that and their component of it. Absolutely. And, and you know, particularly for the trades where, you know, that labor component is going to be your largest variable to what that bottom line looks like. You know, your sure. equipment costs, your material costs, um, some of your subcontracts, potentially, you're pretty aware of what those costs are going to look like going forward. But your labor component is something that you really need to keep a close eye on. And if the people responsible for getting you that information to figure out how productive you are from a labor standpoint is not coming in accurately, then that's where you, your biggest variable just got even bigger. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. Uh, do you think that the the increase in the digital transformation over the last year has changed this dilemma in any significant way? I think it, I think it has. Um, I think a lot of companies are putting a big focus on um, starting to implement more technologies within their companies because they realize that with you know people working from home or um, all these different jobs that you know there's a lot of information that gets passed in the office when you're at, when you're in the office mm -hmm. and you're running into each other you say things. Um, and, and you can get things done, but being able to communicate over, you know, a, a centralized area about what's going on, I think is going to be really, really impactful. And I've, I've, I've definitely seen it myself throughout this last year of that need being kind of flushed to the surface versus um, before it could easily be pushed down the road, like we were mentioning a little bit earlier. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, do you think that there's any myths in the industry or around, uh, you know, efficiency or technology adoption that is pretty commonly believed. It just really isn't true. Uh, you know, I, I think that companies are essentially wanting to put this technology in place and any, any myths around it is there's just that natural hesitancy for change. And there's been so much consistency within the construction industry for so many years that there's almost this, not, not a stigma, but a, you know, there's, there's just sort of this portion of it that they're not wanting to, they're not wanting to kind of take the jump, if you will. <laughs> mm, yeah, for sure. Um, well, here's my kind of softball question tee up for you. Why are you so passionate about the trades? So I, having owned my own trade contracting company um, and just wanting to be able to help as many companies as I possibly can create those efficiencies. I'm, I'm really passionate about it because I've seen it firsthand and I've seen how hard people work in it. And if I can do, you know, anything I can in my power to make that easier for other trade contractors, that's just a, an absolute passion of mine to try and just be as, as helpful as I possibly can. And learning about all these different technologies that are in place and how to implement those technologies. If I can take that knowledge and I can, I can teach other people and help other people grow their companies. That's something that, you know, is really meaningful to me. Yeah. Well, what do you think the big potential and possibility of 
MVP is really looking like over the, the next couple of years? I think there's a really big possibility. And, and as, as bad as this past year has been, um, I, you know, the having recognized that the, the, the way technology can help is, is something that I think, I think is going to be really, really important. And I, I think they're going to really, um, grab onto that and start to look into those technologies and start to invest that money into, into, you know, different products. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the, the potential there is just kind of bursting at the seams. It's, I think it's an exciting time to be in construction and, uh, MEP is a, going to be the, the driving force of a lot of the, the innovation happening. I, I think so too. And, and there's, there's just so many different, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of different options out there. And you know, if I, the only the thing I can stress enough is just make a plan and, and follow it. Hey, innovators over the last year, hosting this podcast, recording over 65 episodes with the greatest minds throughout the construction industry. I started to notice common themes in each episode. We've had waves of disruption and a digital transformation impacting every aspect of construction and the leadership skills required to successfully navigate these waters. The simple fact is there are those who allow themselves to be carried along by the waves of changes taking place. And there are others who want to take an active part in changing things for the better. In my opinion, during times of disruption, good leadership is all the more important. People will follow a compelling vision and are looking for leaders to pave the way no matter where they are in the industry. So I decided to compile my thoughts into an ebook for my listeners. You can download my new ebook titled Leading Through Disruption and Digital Transformation for free at bridgingthegappod.com slash ebook. Once you do, I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, keep innovating. Amen. I, I'm, I'm all about uh, <laughs> having that plan at the, the front side. I think right. it, there's a time and a place and sometimes it's a necessity to kind of build the plane while you're flying it but yeah it sure makes it easier if you have that <laughs> plan right. on the front side well and if you already have that flexibility dealing with everything that you do on a daily basis working with your current process then you can have the flexibility to make slight modifications to your plan but as long as you you have that um, for upfront time that you've spent creating that plan then at least you have a framework to work off of so to use your you know the reference that you just made is kind of building the plane as you fly it that's part of it, but at least make sure that you have the design of the plane because things are going to change as you go through and, and pick these different technologies. Yeah, preach. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so ESUB is, is all about power to the trades. What does that really mean to you? Yeah, so what that means to me is, is we're trying to, to give the trades uh, a system of record for themselves. And uh, you know, a lot of trades are out there and they're, they're, they have to use a GC system to put things in place. But what that makes them do is take some, try and do the, the extra work to take that information and store it on their own servers, but they're not really working out of their own system. So by creating a system specifically for the trades, we're trying to help them have that system of record so that they, they know they can A, track everything appropriately. So there's that information piece, but from a data standpoint, we wanna be able to take that information and make decisions off of it. Because if I'm just out there working within a different uh, GC system, I'm not actually creating data. All I'm doing is creating information. So the information I'm providing them is data for them, but it's not data for me. So what I wanna do is I wanna be able to create my own system. I wanna run my own reports and be able to figure out how I can be more efficient, not just how I can um, you know, fill out forms for someone else. Yeah, awesome. Well, how do people get a hold of you and, and find out more information on ESUB and, and what you all are doing? 
Yeah, so I'm Jason Saunders. I'm a solutions engineer over at eSub. I can be contacted directly at my email, which is jason.saunders at eSub.com. Um, or it, it's even easier to just uh, go on our website and uh, request some more information from us as well, depending on what you're trying to get. But I'm also ha I'm obviously happy to field questions myself or redirect it to the right parties that would need to be um, assisting. Awesome. Uh, final question. What does innovation mean to you? So innovation means to me finding ways to, to be better. To, to keep it short, I think it's just finding ways to become better at what you're currently doing and take that information and apply it to the future and obviously just have that long-term look of this is where I am and this is where I want to be five years from now, not this is where I am and I hope I'm above water at 5 p.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thriving, not just surviving. <laughs> right, right, right. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks so much for taking the time. And I really appreciate your, your passion for the trades there. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Todd. Um, I, thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, you know, I look forward to talking to you soon. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First, consistency and simplicity are key components for building operational efficiency in construction. You want to communicate clearly and frequently about why you are doing something and what the goals are at the end. For example, technology for technology's sake does not help anyone. You need to have a clear and specific vision for how you are going to leverage the technology before implementing and how it's applicable to all those using it. Second take, don't be afraid to try something new. As Jason and I discussed, sitting stagnant is not an option for building long-term success. Think through who is there to support and help you implement change. This is a great area to pick the right partners and trust them to help. Final take, loyal listeners will no doubt have heard me talk about the need for better leveraging the data generated on projects. Jason had a great point that it starts with creating the plan for not only leveraging the data, but how you enforce the plan to take the data to the next level. It's a long-term outlook. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software production. Copyright Applied Software 2021.